beloved by God Church. May the resurrection of Christ be enthroned in our bodies. Let us stand and sing and praise the Lord. We are grateful to you for this privilege to be in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted heights to, up to heights that are unreachable for us and to destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in the service all the works of the devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic dependence, all forms of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance, all of this may it depart from the tents of your holy nation. And now, stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might, and may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your spirit. Saturate us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your great face. I present this service into your godly hands. Lead it with a powerful hand. Our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. The place of scripture that I would like to present to you today, Hosea 2.14.15. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Accor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as in the day when she came out, out of the land of Egypt. The sermon is called The Time of Establishing a Covenant in the Format of Isolating One, uh, one from the Other. The prophecy written in the Holy Scriptures is a story written about what is ahead, which in root differs from a story that is typically written by man after something already happened. Practically, this prophecy that is written far before the birth of Christ, who represents this story that is written about in advance, it contains the establishment of a covenant by the way of sanctification in the wilderness. Wilderness is an isolation, a place of separation so that you can sanctify yourselves. I would like to show the need for the completed by us isolation, one from the other, belonging only to that category of saints that has reached the last times and has grown in the soil of their heart the fruit of Methuselah, destroying within their heart the stronghold of death. Such a form of sanctification was planned by God for the end of the age. Sanctification always existed and always required isolation, but such a form of sanctification only was planned for the last days, and I shall bring forth examples 
and places of scriptures to show that. For the surrounding churches that are under banners of religious denominations as well as for some saints that are within our service, our sanctification by temporarily isolating ourselves one from the other where we were absent one from the other physically but were present in spirit had become a stumbling block and temptation. Considering the fact that the given isolation in no way relates for us to the pandemic of the coronavirus, God successfully took advantage of it to establish His covenant with us. The foundation of this covenant contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ presented in these prophetic words. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness, and speak comfort to her. I will give her vineyards from there, and the valley of Accor is a door of hope. Our isolation was not connected to the pandemic coronavirus. Even now, the coronavirus is spreading again, uh, even worse than when we went into isolation. Right now, more than 400,000 people are becoming infected daily. It's become even worse, more dangerous, and more infectious. And the only way they can uh, literally uh, deal with the, with the bodies is to burn them. And so they uh, burn the corpses and uh, physically... Uh, there's not enough oxygen, people are dying in even lines, if you can imagine, uh, half a million daily and a couple of thousand die every day. Half a million infected, a couple of thousands die daily. And others are saying, well, there's no coronavirus. These are just uh, uh, stories by the Masons and Illuminatis. These are not stories by the Masons and Illuminatis. This is the sin of man. The result of sin, as I said previously, there will be such viruses that will be unleashed that the world had never even imagined. Even such a, a virus, uh, yes, they have made a vaccine, but there's not enough vaccines. They spread rumors uh, and uh, rumors about ridiculous things such as uh, there's the seal of the beast in this vaccine or that ch uh, mothers will no longer be able to bear children and other stories. And so why suddenly are you afraid of this vaccine where there's been so many other vaccines before this? I, I never understood why people uh, do this. We went into isolation, not because of the coronavirus, but because uh, we need to establish our covenant. We more than once have noted that the symbol of the wilderness is an identification of our total sanctification, in which we see and need to temporarily isolate one from another, during which time God will speak to our heart so that He can establish His covenant with us. The foundation of this covenant contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. The time of establishing a covenant of the given promise are tight circumstances threatening the life of man, which God uses to test our trust upon the given promise that in essence is a building that is erected upon the foundation of our hope fulfilling the given promise that God has kept in heaven for the last days 
called to be revealed for the category of men that are kept for salvation by the power of God, by the collaboration of their faith with the faith of God at the end of the age. Blessed be the God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. 1 Peter 1, 3-5 it needed to be revealed in the last time. For the span of 2,000 years, no one talked about the erection of the stronghold of life in the body. No one talked about the body about, uh, as something that is sacral and, and holy. Everyone always talked about the body with some kind of um, disdain and, and with a great negativity. Nobody looked at the pearly gates, that the tw uh, 12 pearly gates represent the mortal body and that foreign object that is within the mollusk and what this means. No one looked at the fact that God on earth here took responsibility to redeem not just our spirit and our soul but also our body and here on earth within the body destroy death. But this needs to happen only in the last days, and we have approached these last days. According to the given place of Scripture, we conclude that the signs of the last times where the given promise is to be revealed is at the door of our rapture, our hope. And if we do not learn the signs of this time where we are supposed to allow the Holy Spirit to allure us into the wilderness of sanctification, that by the way of isolating one from the other, we can establish a covenant between ourselves and God, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. If we don't learn or these signs, God will not have any grounds to rapture us before the morning star, which is supposed to be our inner testimony. In the fruit of the grown by us Methusela, by the means of which God has destroyed within our body the stronghold of death so he can give us the guarantee of rapture and meeting the Lord in the air. At the same time, the method by which we are called to establish the given promise in the wilderness of our sanctification, that is isolation one from the other, is identified as the function of the fruit of our mouth, confessing the erected within our body stronghold of life, identifying with within our spirit the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven. According to the revelation of scripture, <clears throat> the rising and the setting of the sun, including natural cataclysms, political and economical crisis, and the unleashing of various deadly viruses, are used by God to grow the chosen by God remnant into full measure of growth in Christ in order to clothe us into the grown by us fruit of righteousness so he can prepare us for relocation. By the words of Apostle Peter, 2 Peter 3, 7, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Linked to the given prophetic verdict, we need to note that, that I would call a destiny affecting and unchanging for us discipline, a principle consisting in two actions. 
First, the promise given to us by God, the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, we can receive and establish only by listening to the preached word, which is given to us, exclusively in the format of a seed of justification so that we that we are called to grow in this good soil of our heart into the fruits of righteousness. Therefore, to inherit the promise of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ, we are called to do, again, inherit the promise of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ, we are called to do in the fruit of righteousness, grown by us from the seed of righteousness in the Eden of our heart. <coughs> when we receive the seed of righteousness into the good soil of our heart that was previously already cleansed from dead works we receive in we receive it in the format of a guarantee of our salvation which we are called to turn to profit in the death of our Lord Jesus so we can receive it in the format of the fruit of righteousness in the resurrection of Christ upon the condition that we remain in our church where there's a structure order that builds the governance of God in the body of Christ called to consist in the structure of God's theocracy existing within the boundaries of fullness of the elementary teaching of Christ therefore any church where there is an absence of the structure order of God's theocracy and where there is an absence of the fullness of the elementary teaching of Christ cannot be our church people that are in the in churches in democratic churches run from these places find a church with the structure of theocracy because this is the typical Babylon and if you don't escape in time you will, according to Scripture, together with them, <coughs> will be destroyed. Second, the promise given to us by God, the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ that we have received into the good soil of our heart in the format of a seed and after which have grown into the format of the fruit of righteousness is necessary to establish. Then Hiram king of Tyre sent messengers to David and cedar trees and carpenters and masons and they built David a house so David knew that the Lord had established him as a king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel, 2 Samuel 5, 11, 12. In the given situation, the establishing of David as a king over Israel symbolically consisted in the fact that God has clothed his body into the new person. We see the symbol in the we see this in the symbol of the sea, uh, cedar trees. And so David had a house from cedar trees. This is the righteousness of God. He understood that God has established him as king when, when he had clothed his body symbolically when they built him this house of cedar tree. Saul, David's predecessor, did not comprehend and forsook the given to him to, given to him by God time for him to establish himself as a king over Israel, and therefore he did not even attempt to grow the fruit of righteousness from the given to him seed of righteousness, so that he could have given God proper grounds to clothe his body into the fruits of righteousness. Therefore God rejected him so that he not be king over Israel. 1 Samuel 15, 22-23. And so people are convinced that if they bring their instances and burnt offerings before God in the way they see fit that they will please God. So Samuel said, has the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than 
the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. <coughs> but he was bringing these offerings. <coughs> he thought by the way of bringing these offerings, he can uh, please God. But he would bring these offerings not according to the law. Samuel said, wait for me, I will come in the seventh day. And he did not wait till the seventh day. And he brought the offering in the sixth day. And because he did this, God said, because you have rejected my word, I will reject you. According to the given examples, identifying our kingdom is our body upon the condition that we have built it into a house of prayer where the word of God is the means and armor used to achieve the given to us by God goal consisting in adopting our body by the redemption of Christ therefore is if the royal authority of our mind that is given to us by God to rule over our body will not be established by the format of sanctification that is isolating one from the other God will not have any grounds to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ so that he can provide us with the guarantee to meet with him in the air. Establishing the given promise, we need to pay special attention to four things that are linked. First, the signs of the times and the establishment of the given promise. Second, the means that are called to establish the given promise. Third, the method or way of establishing the given promise. And fourth, the presence of the Holy Spirit as the Lord of our life. To, uh, together, these four components are within God's control. Therefore, are decided by God and are able to be received by us exclusively upon His conditions. Relevant to this, it is necessary to answer four questions. First, by what elements do we determine the signs of the times that are given to us for the establishment of the covenant, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ? Second, what means do we use to establish our covenant, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ? Third, what methods are we to use in order to establish the covenant? And fourth, by what signs can we determine that we receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life? Because without the collaboration with the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth in the heart during the time of sanctification, the means of sanctification, and the method of sanctification, we will not have the ability to establish the covenant made between us and God in the fruit of the grown by us, Methuselah. We also need to understand that establishing a covenant with God himself is a seal of righteousness that we, like Abraham, are called to have before circumcision. The confirmation of the covenant or this isolation is the moment when God will put on the seal of righteousness that we already had before circumcision. For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which we had while still uncircumcised. However, if we rely upon the righteousness that we received before circumcision of our heart in the format of a guarantee, but will not establish or confirm it by the way of turning it in the circumstances of our heart, 
so that it can truly be ours, then we will lose the guarantee of our righteousness that was given to us in the format of a seed. First question, by what elements do we determine the signs of the times that are given to us for the establishment of the covenant? We note that the foundation of this covenant is the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. We need to know that the time of, st of establishing a covenant the time, uh, this time is linked to the unleashing of all manner of natural and economical cataclysms and all manner of viruses that are not able to be controlled by men that God is successfully using to test and establish our trust. This is the building that is erected upon the foundation of our hope. The fulfillment of the given promise which God has been keeping in heaven until the last days is called to be revealed only for the category of the male child that is kept for salvation by the power of God, by the collaboration of their faith with the faith of God, as it is written, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, by itself the time of the establishment of the covenant that contains within its foundation the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, it is its own form of a harvest where God begins to measure and weigh upon the scales of his righteousness our building, consisting of our trust upon his word, and in this way fulfills his judgment amongst his nation in order to separate the weeds from their Specifically, during the time separated for establishing the covenant in the men that belong to the category of weeds are found all forms of idols that they burn incense to thinking that they are burning incense to God and consider this as an act that they expected God to thank them for expected God to thank them for at the same time in the opposite category of men during the time of establishing a covenant with God God discovers an absence of idols in the heart as it was written about the lost son this was illustrated in the parable about the lost son who was weighed upon the scales of righteousness and was found worthy of the favor of his father. At the same time, while, bear, while weighing this older son upon the scales of righteousness, it turned out that he was found to be lightweight because his idols were his works deeds. I served you so much. I did so much for you. He tells the father, I did so many good deeds and, and the other one didn't do anything. He wasted everything and I was so faithful to you. And so these works and deeds, which were his idols, that he, he was convinced he was serving his father and his friends that were not the friends of his father. These friends were also his idols. The younger son had no deeds that he can rely upon and had no friends that were not friends of his father. He came without friends and without deeds. He came and said, if you can, accept me just as a servant of yours. But the father gave him the best of the royal garments, gave him a ring on his finger and created a 
great celebration banquet for him. Illustrating this picture, the Holy Spirit by the prophet Jeremiah presented the state of the fatherly heart of God, where he laments about such sons that have idols that make up a specific part of his nation that prompt him to anger. Listen, the voice, the cry of the daughter of my people from a far country is not the Lord in Zion, is not her king in her. Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images with foreign idols? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Jeremiah 8, 19, 20. You see how through prophet Jeremiah, God uh, lamented what he said. First, the sign of the times for the establishment of the covenant. There are a lot of them, but I will just bring forth four of them. It should be enough. This uh, first sign of the times for the establishment of the covenant between God and us. We note that the foundation of this covenant contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ is the example of the isolation of prophet Elijah from the other prophets at the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan in order to establish his covenant with him by weighing him upon the scales of righteousness, preparing him in this way for rapture. The need to isolate from fellowship with one another where God receives proper grounds to establish his covenant lies in the circumstances of the isolation of prophet Elijah from other prophets at the brook of Cherith in the times of the economic crisis and famine. In similar situations of our time, we have seen this sign in the pandemic containing the virus COVID-19, which brought along an economic and political crisis in all countries of the world, which we used as a reason to establish a covenant by the way of our sanctification by isolating one from the other, where we, being absent physically in body, were present in spirit, continued to remain with each other in fellowship by regularly listening to the word of God. And Elijah, the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward, and hide by the brook of Cherith. East is a symbol of judgment. And so you shall hide by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed at the brook of Cherith, which flows into Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. To create circumstances for establishing a covenant in the time of prophet Elijah, the Holy Spirit prompted Elijah to unleash hunger upon the earth to isolate him from fellowship with, with like him prophets. So by the way of total sanctification to establish your covenant with, with him, uh, his covenant with God in order to give him a guarantee of rapture. <clears throat> Jordan is, is a symbol of death in which we have submerged ourselves into the death of our Lord Jesus to confirm our separation from our nation, the house of our Father, and our fleshly life. Therefore, the symbol of the book Cherith, which flows into the Jordan from which Elijah drank, being in isolation from other prophets, we need to note his sanctification in the death of our Lord Jesus that lasted until the brook dried out. <clears throat> and so, once it dries out, that means it uh, swallows death. 
We know that the raven as it is is an unclean bird, therefore the symbol of the raven bringing Prophet Elijah bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening is spiritual food in the format of the elementary teaching of Christ that we in the time of isolation, one from the other, received electronically. You see where we found this raven. We sat at the TV, at the screen, which is a raven, an unclean bird, but we were being fed from there. We watched, we saw each other, we listened to the Word of God, and it was being revealed to us anew. We renewed ourselves in this way, specifically those who followed this three times a week. The second sign of the times for the establishment of the covenant between us and God. And so there, these are all uh, connected, but we're looking at different angles of the signs of establishing this covenant between us and God. We note that the foundation of this covenant contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ is our isolation from a joint fellowship in order to breastfeed the growing in us fruit, the fruit of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. We see this with Samuel. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, her, do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him, only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bulls. And so this, uh, she had to, she weaned him for a couple of years, so she isolated herself for this time until she weaned her son. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. First Samuel twenty through twenty eight. We need to see Hannah as the category of saints that was received in, uh, of saints that has received into their heart the promise of the adoption of their body by the redemption of Christ. They receive it in the format of a seed of the preached to them word and grow it into the fruit of resurrection by confessing the faith of their heart. We, when we receive the seed of the preached to us word, we, independent from our gender, utilize the function 
of a woman. When we, by confessing with our mouth the faith of our heart, proclaim or call the non-existent fruit that is contained in the seed of the preached to us word as existent, we, independent from our gender, utilize the function of the man. The man Samuel means heard by God. Therefore, in Samuel, in whom Hannah wanted to dedicate herself to God, we see the promise that we have received in the seed of the preached to us word and grown in it fruit by the uh, womb of our spirit. The seed consists of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. However, in order to dedicate ourselves to God and the fruits of the born by us Samuel so that we can provide God proper grounds to establish with us his covenant, we will remember again that the foundation of the covenant contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. We, like Hannah, the mother of Samuel, needed to isolate ourselves from communication with one another, which is isolation from joined worship, which we have already done. With this, we need to note that the category of saints that are not part of the category of Hannah presented in the parable of Christ about the kingdom of heaven as the five unwise virgins did not have and did not understand this requirement as she did not have fruit in the form of Samuel, who represents the oil of the Holy Spirit in the vessel of the wise virgin. Only isolation from joint fellowship gives us the opportunity to breastfeed our fruit of the given to us promise consisting of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. A mother's milk is a product being produced by the system, exclusively by a woman who has grown the fruit of the, of the spirit within her womb and bore a child. The symbol of a mother's milk is the confession of the faith of our heart, giving us the ability to feed the born by us child until he is of an age where he can dedicate where we can dedicate ourselves from in him to God, which will provide God proper grounds to establish his covenant with us. The third sign of the times for the establishing the establishment of the covenant between us and God, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, is our isolation in the wilderness and the wasteland. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. And so, it's not talking about the wilderness, it's talking about the people in the wilderness. It's talking about these people, individuals that are in the wilderness that are sanctifying themselves. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are uh, fearful-hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a, like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals, where each laid, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. 
A highway shall be there, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow, and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah 35, 1-10 If isolation in the wilderness indicates our total sanctification where we pursue the goal of total dedication to serve the living and true God, then the wasteland in the given isolation indicates the state of the heart that hungers for righteousness which reveals itself in the hunger and thirst for the revelations of the Holy Spirit that are called to be revealed in the last days in the format of our imperishable, pure, and unfading inheritance in Christ Jesus. Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The result of such isolation in which a covenant will be established between God and us is joy which will demonstrate itself in the erection of the stronghold of life within our body. This foundation of this covenant contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Each one of us, by faith, will discover it in ourselves and will just wait out the time when this will happen. Even now, you'll become a carrier. As Abraham was a carrier of the many nations, he bore this in himself. He knew, he looked at the stars, he knew these were his children. He looked down at the grains of sand, he knew these were his children. And we the same way, when this comes, when you perfectly understand by information that I am already a carrier of the imperishable body, these pearly gates. Fourth, the sign of the times for the establishment of the covenant between us and God. We note that the foundation of this covenant contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Is isolation in the format of such suffering for the truth that makes us lonely in order to give us the ability to demonstrate our faithfulness to God and not lose our faith when Satan will be planting us as wheat. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials in my suffering, in my trials. And I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink in my, at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have uh, returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Luke 22, 28 through 32. Wheat is sown and is in the ground and does not sense other wheat that's maybe next to her. It feels lonely. In this way, God wanted to show that such isolation is necessary. If the uh, grain doesn't fall into the ground, it does not die, it will not bear fruit. If we want to bear fruit of Methuselah, the fruit of Samuel, we need to isolate ourselves where we'll be isolated one from the other. But this promise only belongs to the last days and only for the category of the infant child, the male child. That's these five wise virgins. It's not for the unwise because 
they don't have oil in their lamps. Second question, what means are we, to, are we called to use to establish a covenant between ourselves and God? First, the means that we are to use to establish a covenant between ourselves and God, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, is judgment and justice, which are called to become the foundation of the throne of government, given to our renewed mind over our life in the flesh. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, to order it and establish it again, with judgment and justice from that time forward. Even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isaiah 9, 6, 7. It's talking here about the throne of our renewed mind. Identifying the foundation for the throne of government of our mind, which is our the renewed by the spirit our mind which is renewed by the spirit over the will and emotional aspects of our soul is the state of our spirit which discovers itself in the atmosphere of righteousness justice and truth righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne mercy and truth go before your face our renewed mind will have righteousness and justice mercy and truth go before your face psalm 89 14. we know that the throne of god within our within our heart the, the throne of God within our heart is the rod of our gentle mouth that is placed in absolute dependence of the truth imprinted upon our heart and dependent on the Holy Spirit revealing the truth in, our, in the heart upon the condition that we have received the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Psalm 92, uh, 97.2 Second, the means that we are to use to establish a covenant between ourselves and God consists in the root system of the immovable root of our righteousness, from which we are called to grow the fruit of righteousness so we can clothe our body into it. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. Proverbs 12.3 Reading the above place of scripture, we conclude that between the immovable root of the righteous ones and the fruit of righteousness itself that grows from this root, there is a familial link, which identifies the genesis of the righteous one by the fact of their birth from God. Specifically, the eyes of a righteous heart, when establishing a covenant between ourselves and God, are directed and trust not upon the fruits of righteousness, again, directed not upon the fruits of righteousness that are grown by us from the root of righteousness, but upon the immovable nature of the root from which we have grown the fruit of righteousness, so we can clothe our body into immortality. We need to comprehend well that as soon as a person turns his eyes toward the fruit they have grown from the immovable root of righteousness, he immediately is clothed into personal pride and loses his connection to the root of his beginning. Although we bring fruit to God, we don't need to look at this fruit. We need to look at the immovable root from which this fruit grows or came from. 
And instead of establishing, and so instead of people looking at what they've done, I paid attention to these people. I knew them previously. They truly have done much. And when they did these things, they didn't look at their fruit. They showed their faithfulness to God. They revealed their fruit of faithfulness to God in their trials and their te- and the tests that came their way. But I uh, gradually began to notice how they began to turn their eyes to the things they did instead of uh, the roots that from which these things came. We saw this very clearly when we came here and so only uh, pretty much uh, individuals that may have been uh, persecuted uh, that have been uh, put in, in jails and prison uh, in, in other countries that uh, for Christianity and so people uh, that did end up having to go to prison or other things uh, some of them uh, would become very arrogant and prideful over others because they were the ones experienced this and that others haven't and so they would look at this what they did or what they had experienced and I would notice how unfortunate these people were and God's wisdom completely would leave them but they continued to walk around and the, look at the fruit what they had brought to God and so that's what I'm talking about here as soon as a person turns his eyes from the root of uh, the movable root to fruit, then instead of making a covenant with God uh, or establishing this covenant with God, a person breaks his covenant then with God and turns himself into a son of perdition. The word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up, and you say, I am a God, I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas, yet you are a man and not a God, though you set your heart as the heart of a God. Behold, you are wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that can be hidden from you. With your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourself and gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom and trade, you have increased your riches, and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of God. Behold, I therefore will bring strangers against you, the most terrible of nations, and they shall draw their sword against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor they shall throw your, you down into a pit and you shall die the death of the slain in the midst of the seas Ezekiel 28 1 through 8 he looked at the wisdom these people look at this wisdom because it's God's wisdom God's favor, God's mercy gave them the ability to demonstrate such faithfulness. I've heard people say, well, I would never be able to overcome such a thing. I can't imagine that people taking my children from me and putting me in prison. How can someone overcome something like that? Of course, I've met also others who did overcome such things and saw their surprising humility and the beauty of this humility was great 
And I've also met others who looked at the immovable root from which this faithfulness came. They never were prideful that they had suffered. After that, they became more gentle, more humble, and the wisdom of God was with them. These different categories of people, as we can see, we need to always be very careful when we look at what God has done through us, what kind of fruit we may have brought to God. We need to always look at the immovable root. When you look at the immovable root and not the fruit itself, then you don't uh, give a value to your fruit. God, it says God will one day reveal everything that is concealed or is hidden. He, uh, and so Paul himself did not uh, judge the kinds of fruit. He didn't value, put a value for the fruit that he brought to God. He allowed God to do this. Because people put uh, medals upon themselves, a crown upon their head, and don't understand that they can't be doing that. Third, the means that we are to use to establish a covenant between ourselves and God consists in our complete isolation from our nation, the house of our Father, and our fleshly life, in order to give in our heart place for the Most High, so that in this way the reproach of those who reproach Him can fall upon us. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children, because zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproach of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became my reproach, Psalm 69, 8-10. 10. David experienced this, but wrote this about Christ and those who would follow after Christ. We become strangers to our brothers and strangers for the sons of our mother when we accept the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. When we fill our heart with such oil, they don't have this need and they will stumble upon this form of isolation. They mocked us, saying, why, what your pastor is afraid of the pandemic, afraid to become sick? Or why did he disseminate the church? He disbanded the church. When I said immediately, this was not a disband of the church. This was uh, isolation. We will be in spirit together. This is a time that we can confirm the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. This belongs only to the last days, last times. This is what we were doing. The zeal for the house of God is a heart that sorrows about all of the abominations committed in Jerusalem, which prompts unpleasant trees between us and the sons of our mother and, it's, and in this way isolates us from them. Considering such a fact, we become the object and goal of reproach from those who reproach God and those fall upon us. But may the God of all grace, who called us in his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. 1 Peter 5.10 In other words, if we would not have uh, experienced a specific form of sanctification, God would not have any need to uh, perfect us, establish and strengthen us, or settle us. Fourth, the means that we are to use to establish a covenant between ourselves and God, the foundation of the covenant contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, consists in the words of God, which we have allowed him to place into our mouth in order to give him proper grounds to cover us with the shadow of his hand.
Isaiah 51, 15 through 16. But I am the Lord your God who divides the sea, whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my mouth, my words in your mouth. I have covered you. He will not forcefully put his words in your mouth. He puts them by the preached word and you voluntarily receive it. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. Where it says lay the foundation of the earth, lay the foundation of the of the body can uh, establish as a covenant to erect the stronghold of life. God can place his word into our mouth only by his delegated one <clears throat> who preaches his word to us and he can cover us with his shadow only by the voluntary obedience of the word of his delegated ones as the obedience to the word which God has placed in the mouth of his delegated ones is for us the shadow of his hand. Therefore, when we accept into our heart the word from the mouth of his delegated ones and confess them with our mouth, these words become the words of faith that separate us for God and therefore give, a, give God the proper grounds to lay our foundations. Third question, what method are we to use in order to establish a covenant between ourselves and God, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ? First method that we are to use in order to establish a covenant between ourselves and God consists in considering ourselves dead to sin and living for God in Christ Jesus and confessing the not-existent stronghold of life within our body as existent. This is the first method. Consider yourself dead to sin, living for God. You are reckoning yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6.11. Practically, considering yourself dead to sin and living for God is within your thoughts. Isolate yourself from sin that lives within your body in the form of the old man and his deeds. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he, Proverbs 23.7. The word of God which we put into our heart in the format of thoughts is the faith of God within our heart. And when we confess these thoughts with our mouth and the foreman of the faith of God, God establishes his covenant with us. The foundation of this covenant contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. God placed Abraham, the father of many nations, as it is written, God has made Abraham a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Second method which we need to utilize for establishing a covenant between ourselves and God, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, consists in us abounding in love toward one another. First Thessalonians 3.12.13 And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Specifically ministering in love one toward the other in accordance with the demands of statutes of God, we isolate ourselves from the born in our essence, egoism, which provides God proper grounds to cleanse us from all sin and establish our heart upright in holiness before Him. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 7.
In this way, when we walk in the light of the Word of God like God does, walking in the light of His Word, we provide God grounds to lead us into the inheritance of the adoption of our body by His redemption. Third method by which we need to use, or the method that we need to use in order to establish a covenant between ourselves and God, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, that we look with the eyes of faith upon the fig tree and upon all the trees that after winter are awakened from the sleep of death. Luke 21, 29 and lower. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourself that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but by my words will no, by no means pass away. But take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with caressing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. That day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Luke 21, 29 through 36. The symbol of the fig tree bearing sweet fruits is the category of wise virgins in whose heart the grace of God reigns by the fruit of righteousness, righteousness which they have grown, which is presented in the vessel of their heart as the oil of gladness. My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes gives a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Songs of Solomon 2, 10 through 13. At the same uh, time, the other trees are the category of the unwise virgins that at the cry the groom is coming woke up together with the wise virgins as it is written for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection Romans 6 5 for uh, first abiding in the death of Christ is a symbol of our total sanctification where a covenant is established between us and God the foundation of which obtains the adoption contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ and second abiding in the death of Christ is a symbol where each one submerges into the death of the Lord Jesus is in isolation from their nation, from the house of their father, and from their fleshly life, as well as from one another. Therefore, to awaken is uniting with the resurrection of Christ upon the condition that we have in the vessel of our heart the oil of gladness, because of which our lamp burns brightly. The symbol of the blooming fig tree and other trees, we see an awakening of life after death, that in the given parable indicates the death of Christ where the fig tree and other trees were, that by the given to them isolation in the death of Christ, identifying our total sanctification to establish a covenant between ourselves and God, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. I won't go any further today. The unwise virgins won't be raptured at the morning star, but they will receive two wings of a great eagle and will become the great witnesses before God of all the earth and will be a threat for the Antichrist during his reign. 
and will make it his uh, rain difficult. When any kind of fruit matures or, or vegetable matures, you don't rip all, uh, all, tear them all or rip them all. You rip down uh, only the 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 mature one. Same thing here. He'll, God will just take only those who have already matured that had the oil in the vessel. Those, those will see the others. They still have time. They see the groom is coming. They both have awakened, they both have experienced the resurrection, and so one has experienced a dimming of life in themselves and became afraid. And how did they see that there's the life of God? This will be the moment when our body will be clothed into the resurrection of Christ. This is how they were able to see. But because other than that, nothing is different, and there's no difference between the other, the one and the other. The kingdom of heaven is these ten virgins. But only in the time when the groom was coming, and they rose up and they saw, the ones got, got rose up and the others, when we will be clothed into the new person, then those will see that and say, how did you do this? Tell me, give us give us these principles of faith. And they'll say, purchase from the seller and you will need to return to what we watch together in to the isolation, the teaching of Jesus Christ, to prayer, what is prayer and how to perform prayer. And when they begin to abide in this, and will obtain this and will receive the two wings. Uh, that's At this time, the male child will be taken. And so he'll say, Lord, also open to us. We also will purchase. We also pay the price. He'll say, well, I don't know you as the male child. You lost that time. But they didn't lose their salvation and their kingdom. Fourth method that we need to use to establish a covenant between ourselves and God, the foundation of which contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, consists in us being delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have the faith. For us to be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have the faith, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. A disciplined isolation from unreasonable and wicked men is a guarantee and method that are necessary for establishing a covenant between ourselves and God in the foundation of which the adoption of our body by the redemption is the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits. Considering that our time is up, I will not continue further. The next is talking about the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Without the Holy Spirit, whom we need to receive as our Lord and Master of our life, we will not be able to accomplish the prior three uh, questions that we uh, we went through. Let us bend our knees and our heads and anyone who wants to resist the stronghold of death in their body, you can come out here. God is ready right now by the power of the Holy Spirit to cleanse you from sin when you confess, when you make the decision to leave your sin once and for all and dedicate yourself to God. He can do this. Let us pray and may the Lord bless us. We wait for you here at the altar.
I am going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is for you. He is not against you. He is ready right now to deliver you from shame, from the power of sin, to remove this burden, to cleanse you and to cast your hell into hell, your sins into hell, and never remember them again. Let us close our eyes, lift our hands to God, a sign that you're ready to receive from God what He desires to give you. Pray together with me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you again and again. I stretch out my hands. Without wrath, without doubt, I ask, forgive me, Wash me. Cleanse me. I have dedicated myself once and for all. You are my God. I am your child. Deliver me from the shame of sin. Deliver me from slavery of sin. I hate sin. I love your holiness. I accept your forgiveness, your cleansing, your justification and your restoration in my rights to redemption and right now before heaven and hell I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words I am washed I am cleansed I am healed I am restored I am justified and I am saved your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May the blessings of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be upon you. May this all come upon you and your children and be fulfilled upon you and the nation shall say, Amen. And so the time has come to participate in the communion that can only be possible when we're physically together. Being absent in body, but present in spirit, we were not able to participate in this. We did because we lived in the uh, in his death and resurrection, but right now we now have this opportunity again. First Corinthians eleven chapter eleven twenty three for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. You may be seated. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take it this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me in the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. And so therefore, I will ask everyone to stand and we will pray for the bread. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to you for your holy name and for this bread that shall be passing by your people when we will be taking and eating of it. May your mercy be blessed upon us and may all illness be cursed within our body according to your word. May we thank you and we worship before your great glory, before your work in this bread, our great Godson and Holy Spirit. Amen. And so he gave thanks, he broke it, he gave it to them and said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. And so, uh, please be seated, uh, please take and break of the bread. Each one should break his own bread. This is testifying of the fact that your sins broke his body. He gave his body for our sins. He loved his church and gave himself for her. Not for the world, he loved you, his church, and gave himself for you. When the angel came, Angel Gabriel to Joseph in the night, he said about the child that was born from the Virgin Mary, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for what is in her is conceived of the Holy Spirit. He will, you will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. And so he died for the people that are his own, that are within this world. Not very clearly translated that he died for the, it says he died for the world, but he died for the sins of his people. If they would have translated this more accurately, then uh, maybe these preachers wouldn't be shouting uh, so much about God loves us as we are. God loves those that are in his likeness. When we're born from him, although we may not be perfect, he does see his likeness in the new person. And he loves that person. And if we will correctly live, then this new person will grow and we will be clothed into him. And so as often as we uh, take part in this service, we proclaim that the Lord is our God and we are his nation. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes.
Isaiah Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. This root out of dry ground constantly hungered. He, even as a youth, hungered to hear the word of God. As a person, he needed to be disciplined and hurt and needed to hear the word of God, and in no way was different. The only difference was his body had no sin. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our face from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And so it's not that he will bear or he will suffer. He already did it. And so God, when we repent, God immediately makes us righteous. He accounts it to us as righteousness. And so he accounted uh, to Abraham righteousness when he began to proclaim the not existent as existent. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. And we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned away every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, and so everyone went their own way. I don't understand this, I understand this, and everyone went their own way. Everyone went, uh, did as they understood, until finally they understood uh, that they need to learn from God's delegated one how it, it is that we need to understand and what we need to do. And so as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us stand and we will pray for the cup. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I am grateful for the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins, the cleansing of sins. When it will be passing by your people and we will be drinking of it, may your mercy and your favor and your healing be upon us, and every illness may it be destroyed within the bodies of your people. May this cup be blessed before your face for your people now and forever. Amen. 
Please be seated just as you assisted one another in the bread. Please assist one another with the cup. The cup is Christ, one for all generations for all people. For as often as you eat this bread or you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned away every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And so why do they? Why is it described this way about Christ? We need to behave the same way. Everything that happens with us, God allows. Many saints uh, write complaints against one another. You know, there was a particular denominational church uh, recently where people were fighting physically uh, with one another and it became physical in the church and it was very... These are those who used to rise their finger against us and say what we need to do. And so with uh, some of the brothers, they kept calling the police against one another. It's, it's very unfortunate that these things t uh, actually happen. And uh, this individual should not... Uh, be greeted uh, uh, anywhere that he may be uh, Jesus said you know to if I or, or to one of his disciples if I do you think if I didn't ask God he wouldn't send me 12 legions of angels but he kept quiet and he was humble if you're not guilty, you don't need to prove that you're not guilty. God sees that. Accept it and rejoice if you are being uh, persecuted in some way. God shows here how we also need to behave as his children, as those who follow him, as people that are Christians. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. This is a, a, a celebration and a silence that is also celebrated. You don't need to pay attention to what God is doing in your emotions. Base everything on information and look at the immovability of this root. Look at who God is for you, what he's done for you, who you are for him in Jesus Christ. This is when you give 
the Holy Spirit the ability to fulfill what God has done for you because you meditate about this. Is there anyone who may have been accidentally passed by? Please stand. If not, I will ask everyone to stand and we will proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever Amen